And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA, the world, the North Pole, Santa's Village, excuse me. (laughs) Oh, yes, we are Red Eye Radio. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and you can listen wherever you are. All right, you ready? Yeah, I think I'm ready. It was a Christmas Eve a long, 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 long time ago. And Dad gathered all the kids and said, okay, time to buy gifts for your siblings. And I guess it would be sometime on Christmas Eve afternoon. So there we were in S.S. Kresge. And... Which is like a big department store, Yeah, it used to be a department store. Yeah, uh not wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a huge department store medium sized department store i would say okay and and so we went off and we're looking i don't have any idea i can't remember what i got my brother i don't remember what i got my sisters i just don't remember but basically you've got your money got the money yes dad set you loose in the store set you loose so you guys you know go do it yourself you figure out what you're going to do right and i remember my brother then my brother after pain, you know, I lost track of him. He comes up and in the bag, and he's just like, he's got his gift in the bag, and he's just looking at me going, mm. <laughs> I got you the best gift ever. Like, what is it? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. And it's really amazing that my brother was able to keep it a secret that long of a time because he kept it a secret all of Christmas Eve. He yeah. wouldn't allow me in the room. He wrapped right. it up and everything else. And he just said, this is going to be the best gift you ever got. The best mm. gift. Went, Come on, tell me. Come on, tell me. I can. The interesting thing is, here, you know, I had to be, I don't know, probably Ralphie's age, something like that, eight or nine years old. And I can't remember how old Did you was. bunk together? Did you guys share a room? Yes, we shared, Yes, we did. But, uh, but he wrapped it up. He wouldn't allow me in the room. So, mm. yeah. All right. Uh, so he wrapped it, and I just wanted to know, you know, I was so bad. I can still remember, here we go, the decades later. 50 years later, 60 years later, it, in, in, I can still feel that excitement that I, and that wanting to know what that gift was. It's amazing how thoughts like that can just yeah. go through over half a century yeah. 
and you can still appreciate the sweetness of that moment. Well, whatever time we woke up, I don't know, 3 a.m. <laughs> on, on Christmas morning, probably more like 6 a.m., maybe it was 5 a.m., whatever, I don't know, but we were always up early. Very early. Very early. Well, I knew what the present looked like. I, You know, I saw the wrapping paper. So immediately, you know, went to that gift. And my sisters, my three sisters were down there with my brother. And, you know, they wanted to know what it was, too, because my brother was making such a big deal out of it. Right. Well, I ripped that, you know, present open. I look at it and it's like, oh, my, you've got to be kidding me. Let's run upstairs and assemble this. And what my brother got me was this little plastic model of a French guillotine with the working plastic blade that would come down and a little dowel that laid on the uh, the guillotine with a detachable head. Did it describe what this criminal was guilty of? No, it did not. No, you just uh, you just uh, assume they had done they had done something wrong. There was there was no explanation or backstory to it. Nor did we want one. Now, as far as I know, we have never had that as a form of execution here. No, it's always been in Europe, and it was long ago. Yeah, I don't. But know. you I still knew. Yeah, I don't know if we ever had it. Yeah, yeah, we knew. Well, because you know when it when it when it came to. Uh, when it uh, came to killing people, we were, you know, we were quite knowledgeable on that. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. I just I made that up as I went along. Yeah. It's, it's it seemed to fit the mood, right. and and so there we run up the stairs and we assemble this thing, and my sisters are just as interested in it. It's not like oh, this is a guy thing. They were fascinated by. It. Let me try it. Come on, let me try it. Yeah, I got to see if this works, right? And then it was sort of like electronic football, though. Remember mm-hmm. the electronic mm-hmm. football game? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That you just, the plastic blade came down, but then it would get stuck halfway down. And you're like, this thing needs mm. to be somehow lubricated better. And I can't, yeah. it was like, the thing would come yeah. down and would like yeah. hesitate, but then it would hit the dial. And it was like, no, okay, you can't attach the head. Got to attach it very loosely. And you know, all these technical things. And we were doing probably, I don't know, for an hour or so. And then we got bored and somebody came up with the idea. How do we make this more exciting? And someone said, go down to the kitchen and get some ketchup. Because, of course, the head was hollow, and oh, I'll let yeah. you just imagine what was going on at that particular point after right. that one. Yeah, yeah. No, we need to yes. make it more realistic. Now, at any point, was there a discussion of replacing the fake blade with a real blade, something, a knife, or... No, 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 no. No, that was mm-hmm. never... That was never... We, we, you know, <laughs> we, we never got to that point. Okay. Or, yes, replacing it with the knife and telling my younger sister... Put your little pinky in there, would you please? <laughs> no, that was never a that was never thought of whatsoever. Right. Only yeah. only us adults would come up with that type of perversion. Uh, yeah, but and so, of course, people across the street, you know, phone calls mm-hmm. start. Would you get a couple of neighbor kids come over? <laughs> My parents are still asleep. They tromp through the kitchen, through the dining room, upstairs. To- right. Well, my parents... They're leaving their own families on Christmas morning. They abandon the magic in their own homes. Yes. To see the magic at the McNamara house. To venture out and see this gift that has been given to a young Gary McNamara. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, 
Well, my parents, when they woke up, and I don't know what time it was, probably 7.30. I, I do remember it was light out mm-hmm. that I can remember. And, you know, they probably came in, and there it is, 7.30, 8 o'clock, and all the gifts, you know, there's just one piece of wrapping paper from my gift, and all the other gifts haven't been opened yet. Something's very wrong. Something's wrong. Something's very wrong. Are our kids alive? If, I mean, they if, were they were concerned. If, if something isn't burning, they're going to be shocked yes. at this point. Yes. And so up the stairs they came. We didn't hear them. You know, we didn't know. You never do. No, nope. I never listen. No. Nope. And all of a sudden, parents, the, yeah. all of a sudden, the door opens up. There's my mother going, Ah, <laughs> what is that? It's ketchup. <laughs> there is the a place. Little uh, seemingly bloody action figure <laughs> missing its head, which is likely, I don't know, on the floor. Did it come with a basket? Oh, yes, it had a basket. All right, yes, so the head would fall yes, into the basket. head would fall into the basket. So. All right. So my mother said, you clean all this up, you put that in the box, and you're not going to, you're returning that tomorrow. And my father's just shaking his head going, yep, you need to, you need to take that back. And Gary's- he wasn't going to. He wasn't going to argue with mom, saying, "Ah, you know, I had one of those when I was eight years old." Like the, like what's his name in the, the Christmas story with yeah. the BB gun. My father did not say that. Ah, well, all of us young boys had got this when we were eight years old. Yeah, he did not say that. So we had to go down. We had to clean up all the, clean it all up, and then uh, disassemble it, put it back in the box, and we weren't allowed. My mother took it. We weren't allowed to. To, to do anything with it. And the day later, my brother you know, went back, and he had got a replacement gift, so he got me a Vietnam Air Sikorsky attack helicopter. <laughs> okay. That's a cool replacement. <laughs> so, and so there you go. That was the, the best Christmas gift I ever – actually, that wasn't the best. What was the – as a toy – and you were telling me a story yesterday about – how adults now or something are buying toys? Or yeah, something. they uh, they they came up with the phrase uh, or the word "kidults." Are you a kidult? Because now they're they're noticing that that roughly twenty five percent of the toys purchased are adults purchasing the toy not for a child, for themselves. And I'm thinking, yeah, of course, of course, that's what's going on. We're not. You know, we're not grown-ups. No, I got to go out and get, you know, whatever toy it is. I yep. got to get the baby Yoda toy. Yeah, I'm just wondering what kind of toys are they buying for themselves because the only thing that I ever had an interest in and my buddies and I talked about it was the uh, the uh, uh, more of the arcade games. Like, wouldn't it be great yeah. to have one of the bowling, right. the bowling puck machines mm-hmm. or the one that we used to play, the one that actually had a ball? That you threw down the electronic bowling there, uh, yeah, you know, right, or, yeah, or pinball yeah. machine or something like right, that, right, right, uh, and a full size one, not the, yeah, not the store one. That's yes. you know, like you you could get sometimes a like a pinball machine, but it wasn't a full size real yes. pinball machine, uh, and or one of the the big stand up. Uh, uh, now they have them under domes. Uh, the the hockey games. You know, we played yeah. the hot because right. I got yeah. that was pr- one of the best gifts I ever received was mm-hmm. getting that hockey game. I love that. Yeah. Now, now the electronic football, you loved the advertisements for it. You love how it looked in the catalog. It was all hype. It was all hype, and then when you got it, you couldn't do it. But I, but I was thinking about this yesterday. 
if you put that game down in front of me today, I would still yep. try to get the football nope. players. Nope. You would still yep. get me to go, yep. all right, let me see yep. if I can get that running back to go straight. Yeah. And no. if and and if and if you do, it's pure coincidence. Yeah, exactly. And then I get then there's e- yeah. even even though I I had done it a million times as a kid, a half mm-hmm. century later, you give that gift back to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm still trying to get that running back to go straight. And when the he's st- when the when they're all going in a circle and the offensive line doesn't block, I'm still getting angry. And then someone will say, "That's why you need to do Madden." No, I don't want to no, do no. Madden. No, 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 no. Come on, no. That's no. You have you have to defend. Yeah. The, the the time that you lived in. The the two gifts that I always wanted that I never got, hmm. but I wanted slot cars, and for some reason my parents would never, I don't know why, they'd never get me the slot cars. Hmm. The, you know, the the, uh, the electronic cars. I always wanted one. Right. My cousins yeah. got yeah. one. I was obsessed with that. And I don't know if you remember the bowling game that you would, it was a little guy that would throw the, you know, he would throw the ball down the bowling alley, hmm. and there were actually a, a pin setter but you had to put the pins in, but then the pin setter would come down after you put the pins in, leave the pins and come back up again. Mm. I was, for some, I don't know why, it still stays with me today. I haven't, I think I've bowled two or three times in my life. Right. But my Uncle Norm, and in the church that I grew up in, uh, they had a bowling alley and a bar. <laughs> and of every course. time I tell this story, I get people, I remember last time it was a couple of people from Milwaukee, mm. that at Milwaukee and, and uh and, you know, in Wisconsin and other places, uh, you know, up in the Midwest, it said, my Catholic church had the same thing. We had a bowling alley and a bar, too. Mm. I was amazed. And I talked about it like 10 years ago. And people said, so did mine. Mm. And they had like six six lane bowling alley. And my uncle was like the manager. Right. And so it was great. So yeah. there, there we are sitting. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting at a bar when I'm eight years old drinking a cream soda, mm. you know, with my uncle giving me cream soda. But it's a church. Right. You're in the you're in the you're in the, the the building right next to church, and the priest would come down. How you doing? I'll have a coke, whatever. And nobody, I don't, I think, I don't believe, I don't think they had hard liquor. I think it was just beer, mm. maybe beer. I don't remember. I mean, I wasn't paying attention back then, mm. but I was always apt to go back and see how an automatic pin setter worked. Just, I was obsessed with. I thought it was the coolest technology, yeah, yeah. ever. I had a friend. Actually, it was my friend's brother, so he was older, that worked at a bowling alley. And I always thought it was the coolest thing that he could go back. And, again, I wasn't much of a bowler, but for some reason it seemed to be a hangout spot in the 70s. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> they also had cigarette vending machines. I yeah, think they yeah. still might yep. in some areas. But um, he would get to go back there. I mean, it was his job. He had to go back there and reset something or whatever every once in a while. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I want to do that. Because I don't know why it was so fascinating, but yeah, it was. I just was – now, the thing was I was disappointed in. I thought it did everything, like, because it, it, it pushed back the pins and, yeah. you know, it had the thing, the, the bar that comes down and pushed back the pins. Yeah. But you had to pick the pins up and actually set them in that mm. that little thing that would that would come down and then put right. the pins down. right. Automatic. It did have an automatic ball return, though. You hit the the ball okay. would come back. Yeah, and it, that and it, and it was a little guy. And I think it was called Bolomatic or something. And mm. I wanted that, and my parents would never get me that. Mm. I wanted that so bad, and they would never get me a BB gun. But yeah. that I yeah. was probably ten or eleven. I was going to day camp, and I was the, and they understood why I wanted it. It wasn't mm-hmm. just to shoot birds or something like yeah. that. I yeah, uh, I didn't want to be like Opie. 
on, uh, you know, hitting on Andy Griffith. Remember the yeah, right. classic one where he had the slingshot and killed a bird. Yeah. I had no interest in doing that, but I went, when I went to camp every year, I was the shooting champion. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, I had a great interest in it. And they just mm-hmm. would never get me. BB gun. My mother said, Nope. My father probably was like, ah, come on. He's eight yeah. years old. We yeah. always had one. And, but yeah. my mother just didn't want me to, to, uh, to I get got one, one but... somewhere around the age of, of seven or eight. And we had in San Antonio, we had BB gun wars. Now it was a new, at that time, it was a new subdivision, <laughs> uh, for those in San Antonio, uh, the Rainbow Hills area. And we, you just had the, it wasn't a privacy fence. It was a chain link. So your na- and there was no alley between your yard and your neighbor. There was just a fence. So we had four corners and you had BB gun wars. Basically your territory was your backyard. <laughs> now, at we're not the time, advi- we're not advising this for any of the kids out there. No, don't do this. And at the time, dad had not built a, a shed, a tool shed yet. But the other three yards had tool sheds. So I, I had no place to hide. And the other kids had higher powered, uh, pellet guns, the ones you could really pump up. Mine was a BB gun. They had the pellet guns. You get shot a couple of times. I had, so I had a, a pellet embedded in my forehead. And I've got to go in and first of all I gotta see it because wow, cool. <laughs> and second of all, I gotta make sure mom doesn't see it. But I had to leave it there, you know, because my friend's like, Oh man, that doesn't look right. And so I ran in the house, went into the restroom and looked at it. It was like, Oh, that's cool. See back then we didn't have phones, we couldn't take a selfie. You just had to look at yourself in the mirror. And uh we I lost that day, but, uh, yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, I'm amazed you didn't shoot your eye out. No, I didn't shoot my yeah. eye out, as Eight, far as you know. Eight six six ninety red eye You may not be able to predict blizzards and ice storms, but you can prepare your truck to handle them. Make sure your truck is prepared for any last-minute winter storms by keeping tabs on your tires before each trip. Proper tire traction is essential year-round, but especially during winter when the roads are slick and roadway behavior is unpredictable. Protect your tire investment with routine checks and pre-trip inspections all winter long. Check pressure levels, tread depth, and inspect for any visible damage or debris stuck in wheel components. Look for steam or melted snow coming off wheel hubs, as this could indicate your wheel bearings are overheating. If necessary, give your tires a warm wash before inspecting them as snow can cover potential warning signs of damage. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Harding, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, whenever I watch the, the Christmas story, when they when they get the socks and toss them over their shoulder, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that any 
any any kid who grew up our age. Yeah. You know, when you'd get right. the socks and the underwear, it was like yeah. those aren't gifts. Right. Those yeah. aren't Christmas gifts. Right. Those are those are just those are normal parental responsibilities outside of the holiday season. <laughs> mm-hmm. You cannot substitute those for a toy or a gift. As a parent, I would say, yeah, you can. <laughs> so when you when you when you talked about the thing of, of adults buying buying toys for themselves, the only thing yeah. that I have that I bought in the last fifteen years was when when uh, I got my when I got my new tree. I did get because my father always talked about it. I have and it didn't only cost me like seventy bucks. It's battery operated, but I have a train that goes around the Christmas tree. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. and that was like okay. That's in my mind. That was always the perfect Christmas. So I got one. Happy holidays. Have some eggnog. Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. I made a very bad mistake. I was over there talking yeah. to both Brian and Alan. Right. And I said, well, I'll just be killing two birds with one stone. And then I immediately caught myself mm-hmm. and realized that was against uh, the Stanford language rules yeah requirements whatever they are now guidelines that is that is promoting violence Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i'm saying this right after your bb gun story (laughs) well that's the difference in the standard you know growing up in texas if you can't kill one bird or two birds with one stone (laughs) there's something very wrong we learned to do that very early. Okay, a couple of other things here that we that we want to uh, that we want to hit. It was really amazing the FBI's response yesterday to uh, 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 you know uh, to the Twitter files. Yeah, and part of what they said. Listen to what they said here. The correspondence between the FBI and Twitter show nothing more than examples of our traditional, long-standing, and ongoing federal government and private sector engagement. Is it is unfortunate. The conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the American public misinformation with the sole purpose to to discredit the agency. Mm -hmm. Conspiracy theorists, by the way, is what they used. Now, the interesting thing is, uh, uh, Kevin over at Newsbusters covered it. None of the networks covered that. The three evening news brought to show you how scared they are of the story. Mm-hmm. ABC, CBS, and NBC ignored the FBI statement. You don't approach it from any angle. You can't approach it from any angle, even if it's the FBI, the Biden administration saying, these are a bunch of conspiracy theorists, which normally they jump on. The FBI says, all right. this is just conspiracy. They are so scared of the story that even when the FBI comes out with a Horrible statement like that because, mm-hmm. you again, as we've gone through point by point by point, the problem that the FBI has with it. By the way, you've just you 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 have just supercharged the Republicans now by by putting out that statement. The yeah. FBI has, yeah, you have, and all these liberal reporters, 
who reported it for Elon Musk. They're now being called conspiracy theorists. This is the this is the this is the beauty of all this. These aren't the conservative networks that have done this. Elon Musk is not a conservative, has been a loyal Democrat. Mm-hmm. And they happen to believe that censoring, corporate censoring, especially in that business of the of what he views as the media and government censoring through surrogate, they believe that is wrong, as does the majority of the United States population. Yeah. And the FBI comes back, you're just a bunch of conspiracy theorists wanting to discredit us. Wow. Do they ever want Ray to sit in front of them right now, the Republicans? Imagine Jim Jordan. Oh, my gosh. No, he's, I mean, he's it, salivating right now over would, that one. It's it like, would just, really? Uh, I mean, because honestly, I it, it would be never ending. Yep. It would be a lot longer than the January 6th committee. And they confirmed they paid the money and everything. Yep. It's like, this is our right. normal operating procedure. Right. There's nothing right. to see here. Right. Really? We've done nothing wrong. Yeah. Network news. Nothing happened today. Well, they absolutely co- nothing. They cover they cover the storms and as as he wrote the storms mm-hmm. and Trump's taxes mm-hmm. and Trump's taxes. There's nothing there, right? Nothing, right? It's a non-story. It's a nothing burger. You you learn nothing from it, and there's a ton of stuff you can learn from the Twitter files, from the whole Hunter Biden laptop thing, all of it, which is part of one big story. Nope. Nothing happened today. And all you have to do is go through what Michael Schellenberger wrote. And we covered it early in the show, but it's perfect now. This is the FBI saying, you know, nothing going on. And this is about, you know, the 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 uh, the paying the money and the relationship that they had back and forth mm-hmm. and and the things that they they requested, 150 emails and everything that this is normal. Well, I don't know what abnormal is because social media didn't exist. Yeah, right. Twenty years yeah. ago. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like when uh, they um, they when uh, Comey came out and said, "Well, you know, we can't prosecute Hillary Clinton. No, no reasonable prosecutor could could do this because uh, no other Secretary of State or no other government official has ever been charged with anything like this." Mm, yeah. Well, that's because computers didn't exist. 20 years ago. That's why you can say never. Uh, and and so, well, I mean, they existed. You know what I mean? The personal computer right, didn't right, exist yeah. the way that it does now. Right. And so it's like you can say that. But when you see Michael Schellenberger who says, here are the key facts. The FBI took Hunter Biden's laptop in December of 2019 and knew that it didn't come from hacking. And by the way, he covers all the bases as we did the other day. FBI took Hunter Biden's laptop in December 2019 and knew that it didn't come from hacking. The FBI spent 2020 telling Twitter that a hack and leak involving Hunter would occur in October of 2020. The FBI was spying on Giuliani when he gave the laptop, the information, the laptop to the New York Post. The information, by the way, not the laptop. Yeah, right. He gave the information from the, the laptop to the New York Post. So they were spying. They had a warrant. They were looking at all his emails back and forth with the computer shop owner and Miranda Devine from the New York Times who ended up breaking 
the uh, the story. So they were discussing when the story was going to come out. Coincidence? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, really, really interesting. Then he goes on to further uh, state here. Just give me one second. We don't know if the FBI agents who warned Twitter of the hack and leak operation uh, involving Hunter Biden knew that, A, the FBI had Biden's laptop, or B, that Giuliani was giving it to the New York Post. But they didn't need to know that. They could have simply been following orders. And the fact that the FBI waged a disinformation campaign grossly exaggerating Russian influence, because that's the point that the FBI doesn't cover there. They were constantly exaggerating the influence of the Russians. And how do we know that? Because Twitter told them. Yeah. So the fact that the FBI waged a disinformation campaign grossly exaggerating Russian influence, even though they knew the source of the Hunter Biden info was a computer repairman in Delaware, is the reason for a special counsel and congressional investigation. That comes from Michael Schellenberger, doesn't come from Fox News, doesn't come from Newsmax, doesn't come from a conservative talk show host, comes from Michael Schellenberger. It appears as though the FBI employees and former employees worked together to cover up evidence of criminal activity on Hunter Biden's laptop, perhaps with political motivations, and interfered in an election. That appearance is enough for a special prosecutor and congressional investigation. Perhaps the FBI agents, this is where he's saying, okay, but it might have been this. But if it was this, it's still, you need an investigation. Perhaps the FBI agents who hyped a Russian hack and dump involving Hunter Biden didn't know about the laptop or the surveillance of Giuliani. Perhaps the FBI found no criminal uh, activity by Hunter Biden. If so, great. But then we need to clear the FBI's name through an investigation. But if FBI agents had, in fact, been engaged in an influence operation aimed at influencing the election through the manipulation of mainstream reporters and senior executives at Twitter and Facebook, and I will add this, in order to hide an influence peddling scheme of the Democratic candidate at the time, we need to root them out, reckon with the implications, and depoliticize the FBI. If the above is true, then this is by far the worst scandal in the history of the FBI. We simply cannot let our highest law enforcement organization interfere in an election in the ways that FBI agents appear to have done. There you go. And the FBI, no, this is all standard, normal operating procedures. Well, it's not. And, you know, because honestly... I'm convinced that that the culture is already embedded and it's not that it is a, a, again, this grand conspiracy. There are certainly people that, that, uh, uh, conspire, but it is a, it it is like-minded individuals who are motivated by the same thing. And so whether we're talking about, uh, these individuals, uh, becoming management at the FBI uh, or or anywhere else in government or in the media. You're not going to, I, it, I'm convinced you're not going to turn this around. You're not going to change that that kind of culture. That That is the new normal of how people behave. And when it is the FBI, it is, which is the, the greatest law enforcement agency in this country, The room 
for abuse of power is way, way too broad. I will say the highest level law enforcement instead yeah, of the, that's, instead that's of what the greatest. I, that's what I was implying. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't judging them I and giving them a score. <laughs> yeah. 10 out of 10. <laughs> I give them five stars. <laughs> and that's that's the problem. <laughs> if you want to depoliticize, yeah. it's too late for that. And the fact that they don't see that as a problem is the problem. Just like the liberal media, we're not liberal. Yeah, eh, that's Donald, Don Lemon saying that. Yeah, yeah, they don't see themselves as no, they liberal. don't. And yeah. they don't see themselves in this kind of culture. Whoever's responsible for this kind of behavior at the FBI doesn't see anything wrong with it. And, and that's the danger right there. The fact that there is, when you see this, they look at it and go, this is our normal operating procedure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is normal. Yeah, uh, when, that's, when, that's when, the problem. The FBI the, doesn't see that. When they said that, and that it, basically that's been a, a couple of responses here from the FBI in that regard that are similar in nature. Yep. And both times I'm like, wow, you just gave me a million more questions. Yeah. And I thought one of the best things you said was, hmm, very Comey-esque. And it really is. Right. You because just, it's the arrogance and that that is so great. It is so over-the-top and blatant. It it also carries with it this total lack of self-awareness, mm-hmm. which is exactly what was going on with Comey. Well, he was arrogant, and he, was, he had zero, still does, has zero self-awareness. Well, of course he does, because his book was, after all the wrongdoing he was involved in, his book was A Higher Loyalty. Exactly. To who? Right, to who? What is going on through in, in, in what's going through your brain? Who's the loyalty to yourself? Right. What's going on in your you're, mind? Who how who thinks that way? Well, he does, and people like him. They think that way. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. From the economic front yesterday, uh, the, the uh, home sales data came out. Home sales declined 7.7% on a monthly basis in November. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 35.4% year over year. I don't even want to get into what that would mean if uh, it would stay at uh, 7% or above. Uh, you know, per, that declined seven percent a month. I mean, that couldn't continue because twelve times seven is what eighty four percent. If that was year yeah. to year, yeah. Now, and that's only at seven. At seven point seven percent, then you're closing in over ninety percent decrease. If that would have been year over year, you know, but based on that month. But the fact is, it shows what increase in interest rates are doing to home sales, just killing them right now. Yeah, and look, we're you know going to likely see. Uh, another at least one or two hikes in uh, 23, probably a, a quarter of a point. But the fact is, is that you're going to see the average 30 year hovering right at the seven to seven and a half, maybe even higher. 
Well, that is drastically higher than it was at the, the beginning of this year. More than double. And you you just, again, um, when you look at a, a, a huge slowdown in home sales, that reverberates through, I don't know, uh, so many sectors in the economy that it it is going to we're going to feel that eventually yeah. and, and it won't be too long it'll be likely in the first half of next year uh and the uh let me see the latest 30-year fixed average 7.55 yeah so remember it was down to seven just a, what a week ago and back right. up a half a percentage right. point right. so it had we it, it has an effect yep and that effect will continue those rates are not going to come down This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. <laughs> All across the USA and around the North Pole, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning, Santa. The reason he wears red is because he listens to Red Eye Radio all the time. Yep. Uh, and Santa has downloaded our app. Yep. And so Santa listens along with Rudolph. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that this year Santa is bringing the North Pole to most everybody in the United exactly. States. In, exactly. Instead of him bringing toys from the North Pole, he's giving us a little, yeah, uh, you know, a little, little taste. Mm-hmm. I just, I love it. The, you know, when you hear people hear, my God, it's a bomb cyclone. What the hell's that? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Dorothy, get in the storm cellar. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a and, DJ that plays a rave. I guess it's. I'm doing this from memory here. Explosive cyclogenesis. Is what it is when when low pressure, you know, expands way faster than it normally does in a subtropical region. Yeah, I just say cold front. But if they want to, you know, if they want to get into that, that's fine. Winter. (laughs) Yeah. So beautiful yesterday. I'm out there covering my shrubs in the front yard, and. Then, you know, I, I mean, it's just so beautiful. And I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be so different in 24 hours. And then by next Wednesday, mid to upper 60s. When I came in, I got gas and it was 44 degrees and the wind was blowing. Yeah. I I really should lose my, my, uh, my Buffalo status. <laughs> your buffalo card you got to turn my, it in while you're there. I, I really i think i need to turn yeah. in my buffalo you need to turn card in your, yeah you got to you got to you're gonna, I, I was, you're a texan now i'm so. outside my car just and all i yeah. put in was like five gallons just to yeah. make sure everything was was topped off because who knows if i'm going to make it you know to new york or not right um and so i'm standing out there for three minutes maybe mm-hmm. now this stinks get yeah. me out of here 
It's like, and I went in the car, go, what's the temperature outside? 44. Like, it's going to be 30 degrees colder. Now, in when I go to the airport, where we are right now, it's it's 42 degrees. Okay. In Amarillo, Texas, it's two degrees with a wind chill of 23 below right now. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's coming. And hell's coming with it. Uh, It's... Uh, yeah, is this is just going to be one of the, the next 24, 36 hours. You know who I feel for, uh, the, uh, the, the, the pizza delivery people. And oh DoorDashers. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause I am not leaving the house unless it's an emergency. I'm not going anywhere. I was actually thinking that I said, I really don't want to leave. The, I'm, I'm going to go home, move around the cars a little bit to mm. You know, line them up to what I, the car I need to take to the airport in the morning. I'm said I'm going to do it now. It's going to be in the 40s because I really don't want to leave the house until I have to. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, or early on on Friday morning, I I just don't want to leave. It's like it's just I'm I'm done with the cold. Let me see here. I'm just looking at. Oh wow, I see it. Yeah. Wow, in the Panhandle up there near Amarillo, I see where it says two degrees. Yeah. Minus. Oh wow. Mm. Wow, Liz Cheney is cold right now. I, I I can't tell. It just parts of it in the in the northeastern part of uh, Wyoming minus twenty four degrees below zero. Mm-hmm. Whoa! And then the northern part of Wyoming near the Canadian border minus twenty six degrees below zero. In the center of Wyoming minus thirty degrees. Below zero. Yeah. <laughs> That's cold. Oh now, the question I have, uh, what is there to do in the Charlotte airport? <laughs> if uh, I'm stuck there for a I couple think, of days. I think the number one activity uh, will be uh, just be warm. Now, I, I do because of my credit card. I do have free passage to the Admirals Club. Well, there you go. Which means... Free alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hey, that always leads to great things. I can imagine that. There was a Christmas arrest of a nationally syndicated talk show host mm-hmm. for being drunk and disorderly. Mm-hmm. I was drunk, but I was very orderly. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're even talking about. <laughs> And I don't know. I mean, every... Where'd my pants go? I still think I have that little opening where I can get into Buffalo. But the you're, good, but the good thing it. is... They're going to make it. Here's I'm, the thing. I'm confident. Even if I don't make it, if I get to Charlotte and they cancel the flight and they say, okay, you can't get into Sunday night, mm-hmm. which is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't get in, if I can't get in the morning, you won't be able to get in at night. Right. And won't be able to get in Saturday, mm-hmm. in all likelihood. I saw that the, the, the Bills are playing Chicago. Uh, and... Um, on Saturday at noon, and they're taking off this morning instead of Friday morning. Mm. So they they want that day buffer. Uh, and then they canceled the hockey game uh, in uh, in Buffalo for uh, uh, for ten, uh, for tomorrow night for Friday mm. night. Mm. So if I don't get in, the good thing is they there's how many flights are there between Charlotte and Dallas every day? Like ten. 
Yeah, I don't know. So but yeah, it, there'll be no yeah. problem if I if I need to catch a flight back. Right. Uh, I won't. I won't be stuck in in Charlotte because the the threat in in Buffalo. I mean, what's going to shut it down is when it just becomes when the wind is blowing so hard and it's snowing. Yeah, visibility just drops. Yeah, to nothing. Yeah, it's not just the snow; it's the snow and the high winds. And yeah, and and so I and I have um, only uh, one time, and it was a small regional jet that I was on, and we were, you know, we were in our final. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they pulled up and turned, and they said, "We can't land. The winds are like forty miles an hour." And those small planes, you know, he said, "You know, they don't land when it's four in." 40 miles an hour like that. Now I'm in a larger mm-hmm. plane, which might be able to land in that. Right. But when I, right now, when I'm supposed to land at the, uh, the steady wind is supposed to be 31. Right. So yeah. I don't know if they'll land if the gusts are to 50 at that point. And I don't know if they're going to be or not. Cause I'm right in the transition when the temperature starts going down. I'm in the first couple of hours when I get in by 11 o'clock on when I'm supposed to get in. So, well, it, what it, it is, what it is. You know, it's you know. Uh, I, I, I already told. I already said. Look, if I can't make it in, if something yeah. happens, I'll be in in a couple of weeks. Keep up the Christmas tree. You know. So. Yeah. Um, here's something to look forward to. I mentioned mid to upper sixties by next Wednesday, but then the day after, seventy, and the following day, seventy. I mean, it basically looks like early spring. Yeah. When you get to next Wednesday and beyond in our area. <laughs> I love that. I'm 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 great. Oh, with that. so do I. I was telling you too. during a break. If we get this really hard, cold snap, worst of the season thing behind us early, and this is kind of early for us, I'm great with that. Get back to spring weather in Texas. Now I know it won't stay that way. We'll have a cold snap between at some point. I'm sure, but I'm okay with a mild winter. Very okay. And actually, I'm okay with the lower temperatures and wind and not the precipitation that yep, comes with yep. it. Yep, I will take that over right. the yeah. yeah the the mess because we're not built for it. And, and very often we get the, the ice instead of just the snow. And that's that just becomes crazy, you know. But um, we are out after uh, after this show. Matt Murphy tomorrow filling in. And also next week, Dan Mandis will be here. Uh, you got to um, keep those guys company. They'll keep you company. A lot going on still. Uh, uh, typically during this time of year, things tend to slow down, but there's so much going on. And they'll be on top of all that as uh, you and I are on vacation. I have to throw this out because we had hit this earlier about how the uh, the spending bill may be delayed because of mm. of Mike Lee introducing uh, a a tie in that uh, in order to, for the Department of Homeland Security to get their funding they have to keep Title Forty Two going right and that may stop the entire bill mm-hmm. but I just saw this one and and we have talked about this in the time of inflation when we've seen what the spending has done when we've seen the real world consequences of what out of control spending has done when we see the situation that Greece was in. And we see right now what, uh, you know, the percentage of our debt to GDP, which is greater right now, a couple of points greater than Greece mm. back in, what was it, 2008? Yeah. I forgot when that was, 2008, 2009. Yeah, somewhere but there. It's, it's actually worse here in the United States. Mm-hmm. And so you say, when will Congress get serious? And Representative Ralph Norman put out what, what I think we're probably, we're going to see what, what we saw yesterday from 
uh, Rand Paul, who normally on the 23rd, which is the official holiday of Festivus, if you're a Seinfeld fan, you understand it, mm-hmm. and he normally does his uh, air his airs his grievances. I just can't imagine Rand Paul sitting there and watching Seinfeld just mm-hmm. you know and laughing to that. That sort of just uh, doesn't seem to be Rand Paul. But hey, I'm not going to judge who's a Seinfeld fan. Uh, but uh, uh, Representative Ralph Norman put out some of the most outrageous things in the bill. And I think the point is, when you look at the money being spent here, you're saying if they're even spending this money as little as it is in some cases, it shows that they have no caring. How many people, for example, are finding themselves in financial trouble? And what they do is they cut a bunch of the small stuff, and that gets them through. Yeah, right. Yeah. But they cut the small stuff. Right. Right. They right. cut the small stuff so they can budget. break. That's what, so they can break even. Yep. They can't really. They can't stop the big stuff because they need the big stuff. They've got to pay their rent. They right. got to pay their car payment. Mm-hmm. They have to pay their utilities, and that's the big stuff. So they cut the small stuff around it. Well, people look at the government and say, "Well, if you're funding these things, you're really not taking any of this seriously." And here's some of it: one point five million dollars to encourage people to eat outdoors in Pasadena, California. $2 million to a group that promotes the dirt bike culture. Wow. $3.6 million for a Michelle Obama trail. We talked about this one yesterday. $410 million in border security for Jordan, Egypt, Tunisia, uh, and Oman, while simultaneously prohibiting funds to construct border fencing in the United States. Yeah, right. And 500000 for a skate park. And you look at it and you say, well, the federal government's involved in way too many things to begin with. If you look at all those things, except the one, which you say, okay, one is at least international. And if it has to do with, you know, you're making the point border security there where we won't have border security here. That's the point that you're making. But you can at least look at that and say, well, that is at least a federal responsibility. They They might not, maybe they shouldn't be doing that. But still, it's a federal responsibility. But I doubt the founding fathers would look at it and say, you know something? The federal government needs to spend money to encourage people to eat outdoors was, in Pasadena, California. I was just thinking that. I thought, okay, let's let's uh, let's have the conversation with our founding fathers, all right? We'll get in the Wayback Machine. You jump in, and then you take this omnibus with you. And you go, okay, I'm going to go over this. You know, you sit down with the founding fathers. Let, let me just go over some of this. Uh, well, what do you got there? What's that item there? Well, uh uh, this would be money that would encourage people to eat outdoors. I mean, when you say these things out loud, think about that. Two million dollars. How much what was it? A, a hundreds of thousands of dollars for a skate park? For a skate park? How about two million uh, to a group that promotes the dirt bike culture? That that just promotes it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that there was a dirt bike culture. Oh, that's why we need the two million. See, you didn't oh. know about the dirt bike culture, yeah. nope. and it's a federal government's job to ensure that you do. It's an essential role of the federal government. I, I, you know. And by the way, brap brap. <laughs> Three point six million for a Michelle Obama trail, mm-hmm. and then five hundred thousand for a skate park. 
And you look at it and go, well, if you're not serious about it, if you can't cut those things and you can't cut, you're never going to ever solve the budget problem. And what you're saying is to hell with future generations. We need what we need and we need it now. We don't care how we hurt our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. We don't care because we are a selfish society and we're a selfish Congress that wishes to stay in office by giving money to pet projects that we know will get us elected instead of saying this isn't the federal government responsibility. And even if it was, we can't afford to do it anymore because we're borrowing the money to do it. And we've borrowed too much. And the inflation you've seen, we've seen the consequences. Hey, state, local governments, do it yourself. Right. Encourage people to eat outdoors. I mean, honestly, what wouldn't you put in there? If you're going to put this stuff in there, what wouldn't you put in there? What was the stuff that was cut? (laughs) And I'm sure the list will be coming out. The pork book used to come out. Remember every year the pork book would come out with everything? Well, now it's too big. It's like the book of answers. Oh, wow. 866-90-RED-EYE. High winds, very low temperatures, along with blizzard conditions. That's just what that huge winter storm is starting to bring to the northern plains and Midwest. That storm not just disrupting holiday travel, it's got many farmers and ranchers in its path. Worrying about things like how far south is the cold temperature going to go? How are the cattle getting fed? Blizzard conditions. Does wheat have proper snow cover? USDA's chief economist Seth Meyer says those worries are justified in this case. Temperatures in the Midwest have been forecast down into the 18 to 25 below zero range. And he says later in the week it's going to get unusually cold all the way down to the Gulf Coast. Temperatures in the 20s down on the, the southern coast is really cold. And we'll have to watch what impacts this might have for, again, winter kill for wheat, but also sugarcane and other things as we look at how long these cold temperatures last. Of course, the longer it lingers, the more damage the cold can cause. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I just realized that nobody told me. I realized I made a mistake before in a story. What? I don't know why, but when I saw the Hill.com story that Senator Mitt Romney said uh, that uh, he's convinced that if I run, I win, mm-hmm. I don't know why, in my mind, I saw Mitt Romney said if he ran for president, he would win. He's stating if he runs for the Senate again, he will win. That's okay. a whole different right. story. Yeah, very different story. I have no idea why. how I saw a president in there, and I just happened to be going through the story again. I looked at it, I go, mm-hmm. let me go a little bit more in depth here to see why he thinks he'd win as president. I'm like, doesn't say yeah. president anywhere. Yeah. Right. Like, how did I see that in the story? Yeah. And I said that about two hours ago, I did the story, Well, and I, don't, like, I said president, I'm like, right. he's not. But it's uh, because he's one of the names that's mentioned when you yes. talk about uh, yeah. possible GOP, other GOP candidates jumping in aside from uh, Trump and possibly DeSantis. Right. And I would I would see, it wouldn't surprise me for a Romney to jump in in 2024. I think only, if only to debate 
Trump on stage you know, during a primary. You know what happened? I was reading the story, and, you know, and, and it said, uh, uh, you know, uh, getting the nom- – you know, base- I faced long odds. I got the nomination in 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I yeah, saw yeah. that is why right, I assumed right. he was saying right. he was considering running for president, and right. if he would won, I went, right. boy, wow, I'm just – I'm shaking my head going, who does he think is going to vote for him? He's right. talking about the Senate, which is a totally different ballgame. Well, and I have been saying for a while, I, uh, for some reason, I, I it started almost immediately um, with me, and I thought he doesn't want to run for a second term as a senator. I, I've always believed that this is a one-shot deal, one-term deal. Uh, I don't know what it was for, to work against Trump, get his help in, when, when you're running, get his endorsement and all that. And then as soon as you get elected, you turn on him, which is exactly what he did. And maybe he did it for that reason. I don't know. This holiday season, give the gift of the Red Eye Radio app. Merry Christmas from Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. And uh, Eric, I have an audio present for you all right. and our listeners. All right, all right. Here, here it is with love. All right, all right, listen, all right, listen, <laughs> listen, okay. There you go. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. I did. And remember, it is the thought that counts. It is the thought that counts. You know, That's some true. sad news. You saw Franco Harris yeah. uh, died. That was yeah. that was a bummer yesterday. You know, he just did an interview like the other day and, and he was mm. he was fine and and uh that was just shocking. The I I w- was watching that game with my brother, the immaculate reception. Yeah. Where he uh where he caught that ball and you still all the film angles, nobody can see if the ball touches the ground. That's the great question still asked uh, today. Did the ball, And I don't know. I was looking to see, uh, and I didn't do a lot of research on it, to see if he ever did an interview, did it touch the ground or not. <laughs> uh, but he just always seems such like a nice guy. And then some news just in the last couple of hours, really, really sad, because he's only 31 years old. Ronnie Hillman, who played for the Denver Broncos, was on their, um, uh, was on their 2015 Super Bowl team. Mm. 31 years old, died of liver cancer. Oh. And apparently it's a it's a, a type of cancer uh, that you are most susceptible to if you're African-American and mm. you have sickle cell traits. Right. And just 31 years old. I mean, mm. that's just yeah. a horrible story. Yeah. You know, said, you know, saw that. That was just, he was in hospice care and you look at his age oh. and you're like, oh man, that's just, that's just... Uh, uh, so devastating. So I hope to uh, hope to make it to see Dad. I mean, I just you know, uh, as I said, if I don't, if I get stuck because of the weather, I'll be able to get back here. Uh, I mean, because I'll be in Charlotte and I can just catch a plane and head on back here if I get that far. Mm. Normally, when winter weather, now I have not been delayed probably in eight or nine years in winter weather. Normally, though, they let you know. Six, seven, eight hours in advance. You know, yeah. So if that if that flight from Charlotte to Buffalo, which is a flight I'm concerned with, if that's canceled, uh, then the whole thing's off because it's I can't get in Friday night. Can't probably in all likelihood can't get in Saturday, and uh, so it's off. And 
for me, you know, uh, I'll just find another weekend in January and go up and see dad and say, keep the tree up. And yeah. so everything will be cool. I mean, I've been blessed in the number of times. Everybody knows, everybody knows my schedule. I think by now, how often I, uh, you know, I visited when mom was alive, my mom and dad and how often I visit dad. So, mm-hmm. uh, I want to see him because he's 96 and a half and I'd like to see him on Christmas day. Uh, but if not, I'll see him in a, you know, a couple of weeks. So that's cool. You got any good plans? Are you going to travel it all across Texas or no? Yeah, uh, I will be. I'm not going to be traveling um, until after Christmas, the day after Christmas. I'll go see mom and dad. Uh, they're going to have a house full uh, starting tomorrow. There's a number of people that are coming into uh, into town. Going to spend Christmas Day with them. Uh, we will be hanging out here with our kids, and then on Monday. Uh, we'll make the truck. It's only a couple hour drive and the weather will be much better to travel in by then. And, uh, and we'll go see them then, which is typically what we do. Uh, my siblings and I kind of stagger the, the, the different, um, uh, visits and this time of year, because it's, it's easier. My mom always wants to get up and and cook for everybody and she can't do that but she can't also sit there and sit still if there's a ton of people in the house she wants Mm -hmm. to get up and take care of everybody so it's better if we go in one or two at basically one or two at a time and we can help them and and she'll stay put uh doctor's orders and so uh we uh we'll go see them on monday and then come home um it's it's going to be spring like temperatures. I'm yeah, it is. It's probably going to be, going to be yeah. working in the yard and and hanging out, <laughs> maybe working on my truck some. And I I plan to get in the first uh, when I get back if, uh, the first golf rounds a week from now because next Thursday, week from today, it's supposed to be seventy. Yeah, <laughs> and then Friday seventy one. Yeah, chance of rain though after Thursday, so I may try to get the golf in on right on uh, on Thursday. But it's going to yeah. be. It's going to be beautiful for the for New Year. No, it's going to weekend. it's going to feel like spring. Yep, it's going to be beautiful. You know, I just I just feel I feel, and I said it yesterday, but I just I I, I saw an article where it said uh, airline flights are a luxury now. You know, for so yeah. many people because of inflation, yeah, yeah, and what it's done, and and I've just I have been blessed that uh, I can fly so often. You know, to see the people that I love, mm-hmm. and it's something that I've done on a consistent basis over the last twenty years. But I just know that, you know, comes to Christmas and, you know, so many people have their, you know, plane flights planned and they, you know, you're thinking about it and everything else and all your plans are around it. And you may only be able to get back because I know I I remember when I first left town, you know, from my parents and I said, no matter what, I'm going to whatever job I get, I won't leave town till I can get a job that pays enough where flying back is no problem. That will be the one thing. Any 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 other thing of a luxury doesn't matter to me. That's what matters, and so I've been blessed that that happened. Well, really, twenty five years ago when I left, and so I am been back where to the point where when people ask me, "Well, do you miss uh, you miss not living in Western New York?" and I went, "No, why not? Because I'm back all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I am. Yeah. You know how often I'm back, mm-hmm. and so I just I feel so sad for the people that have planned it because there's going to be a ton of people that aren't going to be able to get back." 
to see their family for Christmas this year. I just want to let them know that you're in my, you know, you're in our thoughts yeah. here at, at Red Eye Radio because we know, you know, we know how important family is to everybody uh, uh, out there. And I, I just know how devastating it is. You know, we live, we live in a time where people, you know, they're able to uh, travel a lot easier than we were. I always say I'm, I could not have survived if I lived 150 years ago because I would just know things are going to be so much better in 150 years. It's not going to take six months to travel. But a lot of people, you know, they move and it's quite expensive to fly. So they may only get back once a year. Some people once every two years. And so it's a big deal for them. And so just let you know that you're, you know, all of you are in our uh, thoughts and our prayers that you can make it home, you know, to, uh, you know, to your families and, uh, and, you know, do what we should do at Christmas time. And that's, you know, yeah. be with family and honor our parents and, and all the things that, that we cherish, mm-hmm. you know, as, yeah. uh, as, as, as Americans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Stanford. We're still going to use that word. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, and cause I, you know, it's, it's, um, I think of the great memories from, it's it's interesting the the evolution that you go through. I'm actually pretty blessed in a way that you know my traditions of you know going to see my parents. My father's still alive at 96 and a half, so I still have that. What I find interesting are the people that you know their parents are gone or they don't associate with their parents anymore because uh, their their parents just weren't good people. And I know a few people this way that have learned that that because I see this a lot on Facebook. You know when people say, well. My relatives, most of them are dead. The traditions are gone. And I'm lucky that I have younger friends that are in that exact situation and said, it's time for me to set the tradition. Mm-hmm. Time for me to take responsibility. I set it and pass it down. It's my responsibility to set those kind of traditions down that my parents and my grandparents set for me. Then it becomes your responsibility yeah. to uh, to right. do that. And I love it because I have a couple of instances of, of a couple of friends I know who are much younger that have done that this Christmas, and it's just—I just think it's so great. I think of, for me, when I was a when when I was a kid, my father built his house uh, ten houses down. Even though the ten houses in between uh, my father's house and my my grandparents' house weren't there, he built down. And I don't know why he built. Oh, probably about ooh, maybe a thousand feet down. I don't mm. know why, because mm. there was a bunch of open lots there. Mm. Maybe he said, "Well, I want to be, I want to be away from my parents, but not too far, mm-hmm. a thousand feet." Mm-hmm. But we would every um, uh, every uh, Christmas night it would be uh, after we spent the whole day there. We would the kids we would walk up, and to me. What reminds me of Christmas and looking at all the Christmas lights all the way, you know, up the street, the ten houses up to my grandmother's house. What the memory that sits with me is crunching snow, mm-hmm. just walking on snow, and it the very crunchy because it would be cold out and it would crunch under your feet. And I've no idea. Every time I walk in snow, when I go back, if I make it back and everything's good and it's going to be cold and there's going to be snow. So I will get that crunching snow. That in itself is so nostalgic for me. Yeah, for me, <laughs> it is, uh, and I don't have one. I don't own one, but a small gas-powered space heater. One that, the kind that um, in the very older homes is you have a gas line coming into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's I not know. portable. Yeah, I know what it's, you mean. 
And my grandmother, that's what she used to heat most of her home. I'm trying to think. They may have had one at the other end of the home. I don't remember that being the case. But that next to the aluminum tree with the multi, with the oh. different lights, different colored lights on it, and uh, the wheel that goes around, that, that for me is it. Um, there's something about uh, West Texas because it's, it, it, as we pointed out earlier, Amarillo is always colder than we are here in Dallas, but West Texas just in, in the winter, I mean, the, the wind would cut right through you. And so <laughs> coming from either San Antonio or Del Rio and, and making that trip to West Texas, the northern part of West Texas in the wintertime, that was winter, right? I mean, that was, and it probably wasn't as cold as it's going to be here in 24 hours, but it was cold. And that was just, I mean, that set the tone. That was it. My, uh, my, uh, my mom's mom, my grandmother on my mother's side, they got one of the first aluminum trees. Mm. When you, I just remembered this story when you said it. And I just remember when we would leave and they would sit at the front window and just wave. And my father would go one half a mile an hour. It would take us, 15 minutes to go 20 feet just and we continue waving and that tree would be right next to them well in 2018 you know i'm going you know back to see it my sister says oh by the way i'm going to put up grandma's tree this year like what are you talking about she said well years ago when they emptied the house i got the aluminum tree what and she put up my grandmother's aluminum tree which to me when i was a kid looked like it was 100 feet tall (laughs) <laughs> it's like yeah they're very they're yeah it's my like, mom has one it's like four feet tall it's not tall no. at all and she now she puts it up every year yeah and that's the and the it has the light and it yeah, actually yeah. still plays the music there's mm-hmm. a music box in it mm-hmm. and we just sit there and we'll just sit down on the floor and mm-hmm. look at the tree for 15 minutes and go okay the memories were there <laughs> just awesome. no i i could i could sit and stare at one forever yeah, and that isn't that cool? I mean, yeah, Christmas does that to you. It's like you can just sit there, and it it's the the tree and what it symbolizes, and the light and the all those things just bring back the memories of 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 being uh, youthful, which is awesome. I love it. I mean, those, those are just those are tremendous yeah. moments, and right. they're very simple moments in life, but they're some of the best moments in life that there, that there are. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, just uh, wish everybody a very very merry Christmas. Happy yeah, year. and and yeah. safe travels. I mean, yeah. you know, um, this this forecast has been changing for the last couple of weeks. You know, mm-hmm. as we got closer and closer, and there are still a few things that could change in in the timing of it all. But j- just be aware if you're traveling by car, especially if you're going to be out there on the open road. And Eric has been very encouraging to me. Every time I bring it up, he goes, "You're going to make it. You're going to make. You're going to. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it." And I, if I don't, I I'm blaming it. you. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll take the blame. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight six six ninety Red Eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Uh, we're out of here after uh, today's uh, show. We will be back on Monday uh, night, Tuesday morning 
January 3rd, Tuesday yeah. morning the 3rd. January 3rd of 2023, to be clear, we're not going to be gone a full year. So No, we don't get that much vacation. No. We tried. Yeah. yeah. But they just said We no. asked for it, but they said no. You guys have to work sometime. Yeah. And that'll be the morning, the, uh, the later that morning uh, will be when the Republicans officially uh, are, uh, will, in fact, be voting to see who the speaker is. Mm-hmm. The story, again, circulating, rumor, uh, that uh, Steve Scalise is gaining support. Uh, to claim the gavel, I, I'm i not so sure that'll happen, but uh, stranger things have happened. Thanks to our uh, production staff, uh, Alan and Brian, for a great year. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thank as, you uh, very always. much. Yep. Uh, Mindy, who keeps everything going. Mm-hmm. Keeps yep. everything. Our uh, company, going. who our, allows it to happen. Company. Yeah, our it, company, Westwood yes. One, that, right. that has allowed us this opportunity now for the longest time mm-hmm. to... Do whatever the heck we want to do and on the radio. <laughs> all of our many sponsors. Oh, yes. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, we couldn't do it without them and, of course, our listeners. Yes. Uh, we greatly you. appreciate you being out there with us. Uh, Matt Murphy uh, will be here tomorrow. And then next week, Dan Mandis will be here uh, filling in. And so much to talk about. I mean, it's just, it's always busy. There's there's always stuff going on. And uh, they will be here to yeah. uh, talk with you about so- it. So much for being dead during Christmas week, right? Right. It used to be back in the day, but but nope, never ending. And uh, we're uh, proud to have Matt and Dan on board the Red Eye while we're out. Merry Christmas, Eric. Merry Christmas, Gary. Happy New Year. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> Those Weekend Golf Guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.